0: listening to the Podcast Advertising Playbook, your resource to better understand and execute successful podcast ad campaigns. Hello and welcome to the Podcast Advertising Playbook. I'm your host, Heather Osgood. And with me on the program today, we have Corey Kalesa. She is the CRO at Veritonic. Corey, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Corey, you and I were just talking about how our paths really haven't crossed too much, and we've both been in the industry for a while. Tell us a little bit about how you got into the podcast space. Well,
1: interestingly, I've always been, I think, drawn towards new formats of media and those that are most engaging with consumers and podcasting fits that quite perfectly. In my my previous life, I was at a company called MySpace, which you've probably heard of, and I'm dating myself by saying so. But that was really at the forefront of social media and you know, social networking. And it was that same kind of interest in how do you find mediums that engage strongly with consumers? And then how do you create interesting revenue models around them and do it in a way that's not too obtrusive? And so podcasting had you know, really taken off yeah. uh, in terms of finding great listener engagement but there wasn't really a codified monetization model around it. and that's that's kind of my sweet spot. That's what mm-hmm. I, I like to to think about. and and um, now we're many years out from that, and it's you know, of course taken off, but really interested in that, that intersection of consumer engagement and monetization.
0: Yeah, that's so fascinating. Well, I'm really excited for our conversation today because um, I also am super fascinated by that. And um, I think what's so fascinating about podcasting is that that revenue piece has shifted, right? And I think that really just at the beginning of the shifts that I think are going to take place in the industry overall. So it's going to be kind of interesting. Obviously, I just mentioned there has been so many changes. What would you say are some of the most impactful changes that you've seen in the podcast space that have happened since you entered? I
1: would say, you know, first and foremost, having seen dynamic ad insertion, you know, it, it really take hold, and it was necessary, and um, I think that was was pivotal to be able to dynamically insert, digitally insert an ad, and take it out, and be able to replace that. It seems simple. Um, but it was, you know, it was not the, the common practice. And so that really opened things up, both from how you could monetize a show and then also kind of advertisers you could serve. It also opened up a whole new world around how you could track and the analytics behind it. So that, I would say, is, was paramount. It really was necessary to, to allow the industry to scale. And then over the last couple of years, a lot more brand businesses come, have come into the space and originally it was you know predominantly performance-based advertising. That shift, so bringing brand dollars in, being able to talk about podcasting as a digital format versus just this kind of new audio format has been really pivotal. Anytime you've got money that can follow a space, right, that's going to help open it up. It's how you get the kind of dollars that content's commanding in our space. So that to me, those two, I would say were
0: just incredibly pivotal to allow the medium to scale from a mm-hmm. revenue perspective hmm Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I could talk for hours probably about dynamic ad insertion. I was really yeah. pleased in the IAB report to see that I think it has grown to like 84% of ads um, are being served dynamically yeah. now. My yeah. prediction has always been that the industry is going to go to fully dynamic insertion at some point. Yeah. What is your prediction? I would
1: assume that as well. Yeah. I think that anytime we're we're not in in that mode, we're leaving opportunity for revenue on the table. There's no reason you can't do, you know, great seamless uh, dynamic ad insertion. So it's really just a mode of delivering the ad. It shouldn't affect the listener experience at all. So if it's done well, there's no reason it shouldn't be every single ad served in that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And of course, we're super interested to see um, more brand advertisers enter this space. And as you mentioned, many have been coming, I'm sure many more will come. Yeah. As you look at kind of the trajectory of your career, what brought you to Veritonic?
1: Interestingly, I was a, a customer. Oh, I was, really? I was, yeah, I was a client. Yeah, for my last two roles. So both when I was at uh, Mid-Roll Stitcher and then also at Art19. And so I'd known the product, known the team really well. And, um, you know, there was a kind a, of a great meeting of the minds in the last 12 months. And, and that was it. Like, it was a great opportunity to come and be part of it. I believe in what analytics will bring to the space. And, you know, it's, it's what I was using it for at Stitcher, which was how do we show performance? How do we demonstrate through metrics how effective this medium mm-hmm. is using Veritonic for that? And then same type of work at R19. And so to be able to now kind of be on this side of it, but I think that Veritonic has been around six and a half years. And, you know, I, I always say that Veritonic was almost early to the space, People that understood where things were going were using it early on. But now the space has grown up so much that it it's ready for an audio first you know, measurement platform. So to be part of it, has been great. And also the team, I, I think it's important to like who you work with every day. And that was, you know, very important to me. And I, and I love these guys. It's a great,
0: great group of people. Awesome, that's that's terrific. So tell us a little bit more about Veritonic. What I mean, I know obviously you mentioned analytics, um audio analytics, yeah. but tell us a little bit more about the company and what you guys actually do,
1: yeah. So you can think of us as an end-to-end audio analytics platform. So at any point in in the life cycle of of engaging in audio and that's in advertising and content, we can offer you a solution to be smarter about how that audio has performed, will perform, what your competitors are doing. And the company, as I mentioned, has been around a long time. Um, and it's really started in what we call our creative measurement practice. So we developed a Veritonic audio score. So it allows us in the market to understand what the benchmark of audio is. What is that human response to sound? How do you quantify that, creating that benchmark? And so we have a Veritonic audio score for all audio that's that's in market. That's on radio, it's on streaming, it's on podcasting. And so that's really the kind of core of, of where we started and what we do. And then in the recent years, we've expanded from that. I think we've, we kind of earlier talked a bit about our performance products. So understanding if you're in market with a campaign, how is it going to perform? How does it perform from a brand lift perspective? How does it perform from an attribution, bottom of the funnel perspective? If you're in the early stages of a campaign, you're thinking about your strategy of, of your media plan, knowing what your competitors are doing, right? Using our competitive intelligence tools to understand the landscape and make appropriate plans. Understanding how your audio ad might perform against other competitors in your space. So, um, you know, using these tools, and if you're in market, right, and you're building ad creative, how do I know that my ad creative is gonna perform really well? And we've got tools that'll give you those measures. It'll tell you how your ad is scoring. It'll tell you how it's scoring against a full variety of measures. For things that are important, like purchase intent, um uh, recall and so really no matter where you are in the life cycle of your audio campaign if you're at the point where you're just strategizing what's happening or you're building creative or actually in marketing to know how it performs we can meet you at any any one or all of those points
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think it's really fascinating that you are audio period obviously we talk about podcasting a lot here um yeah. and you and i both love podcasting but really right. it's the whole audio experience it's not just podcasting and I guess when you look at a brand, how important is their overall audio strategy?
1: Well, it depends on on how important they've made it. There are some brands that really made it, I'd say, core and central or primary in their, their media plan. I'll kind of rewind a little bit, but um, you know, back in, in the days when Squarespace was everywhere on podcasts, that was their dominant footprint, right? Audio was at the top of the list of the way that they thought about their media strategy, first and foremost, audio, because they knew it was performing really well in podcasting. What I would say is that every single branch should have an audio in their mix and kind of where they layer that, you know, it depends on what their objectives are. But I think to not pay attention to audio is a, an absolute miss. There's incredible strength of what audio can do that only audio can do. And what's great is that I think podcasting is kind of given audio generally a bit of a, a reverse surgeon. It's like the renaissance of audio thanks to podcasting, which I'm absolutely fine with if that's kind of what's galvanizing. But so that's kind of given, I think, you know, audio broadly, a fresh look from brands. Mm-hmm. And that's not just what channels you're running on, right? Are you playing in the terrestrial space? It's also, do you have an audio logo, right? What is your audio, your sonic logo, your kind of footprint? And also what's consistent about that messaging throughout? And I think that's definitely um it's important to consider every step of your your media planning.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I was just thinking, my husband and I wanted to watch Yellowstone and we could only find it on Peacock. And so I was like, I don't even know anything about Peacock. I don't know what this app is. Like I really am very disconnected from <laughs> most pop culture things. But so I'm like, well, let's just buy it. You know, it's like five bucks a month or whatever, right? So like buy Peacock and it didn't. I, I didn't have any idea who owned it and I didn't really even think about it. But as soon as we installed the, you know, the app on our TV, the intro, I was like, oh, this is NBC. Like, how did I not right. know this was N B C Sonic Logo? That's great. But, but it, yeah, exactly. It was just like that moment. And yep. yeah. So when you're talking about And you that, would know
1: it even without seeing it. Right. It's
0: that's even though there is a visual component to it. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think that we don't realize how impactful audio is in our lives and how much it follows us around in our subconscious, probably. Completely. Um, yep. So yeah, yeah, really fascinating. Yeah. So let's run through just like a quick pace study or a use case for Veritonic. So if, you know, maybe Squarespace, I know you brought them up, but yeah. if we looked at an advertiser and we said, okay, how is this advertiser really going to take the technology that Veritonic has created and use the tool? Walk yeah. us through how they would use it.
1: Right. Without naming any brands without permission, I'll, I'll, I'll take you through kind of how a brand would engage. And we'll, we'll start from the beginning, but let's say we've got a brand that's in the auto space and they're thinking about what they should do in audio where they should run what kind of creative they should use so we've got a competitive intelligence tool that allows you to understand what your competitors in the auto space are doing where are they running ads what do those ads sound like what are their calls to action right so you start to get a bit smarter about what you're competing against sometimes it's just interesting to know sometimes if you're trying to go for market share it's really important to know right mm-hmm. so Giving a a lay of the land, assessing kind of what the space looks like that you would do in our competitive intelligence product, understanding how much people are spending, that kind of thing. Then once you're like, okay, I I have a sense of what's happening in the landscape and now I'm I'm ready to start building some ad creative. I know I'm going to run it on podcasting. I know I'm going to run it on streaming. I need to make those ad assets. Mm -hmm. So then if you're building creative and you can either be doing that on your own, you can be working with the creative agency You want to know is the ad that I'm putting together, the sounds I'm using, the voice I'm using, the tone of the person speaking, the music beds behind it or not, the tempo, how does that resonate with the audience I'm trying to reach? And so you use our platform basically to understand what that response will be before you go live, which is really powerful because if you're going to spend a lot of money on a campaign, you want to know that it's going to perform well, specifically delivering the results that you want it to deliver before you go live. And so that's our creative measurement tool. It's that human engagement and understanding of how something will perform before it's live in market. I'll take a quick pause there because that that same auto company also said, you know, we don't have an auto Sonic logo yet. We don't have our audio logo. We want to create it. Mm -hmm. And so our tool can also give you those insights and understanding Mm -hmm. what impact do these sounds, this grouping of sounds have? Do they speak the language my brand's trying to represent? and getting that insight back as you're developing that sound, that sonic logo. So that's our creative measurement tool really at the core of, of everything we do. Mm-hmm. And then you're live in market. You're about to launch your campaigns across all the various audio channels, understanding how it actually performs once it's live, mm-hmm. understanding what impact it's having on your brand measures, and that's where brand lift product, understanding what impact it's having on whatever bottom of the funnel. Attributes you're trying to measure, so that can be visits to a web page, it could be purchases, it could be cart activity, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Having that, that that data back to understand, okay, I set out to do X and it delivered Y. And um, being able to also do that under one roof. So having that end-to-end view is really important because it allows you to kind of complete that cycle because you can start to iterate. So I know it performed like, like this and now I can start to tweak my creative, tweak, tweak the assets a little bit to have it
0: perform different, better, et cetera. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, great, great. That's perfect. I I appreciate that. So obviously, we want to focus on podcast advertising here on on this show. So I'm interested to look at this from that podcast angle. So I understand um, a Sonic logo, obviously, like we just talked about with like streaming TV, or even, you know, streaming um, audio through, you know, Pandora or Spotify, or what have you, how do we take that and put it into podcasting. So obviously, announcer red ads are certainly growing by a significant mark. And I think as we talked about with really the use of more dynamic ad insertion, I'm sure announcer red ads are going to increase. I always think about O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Like, you know, my kids can sing their jingle. Everybody knows it, right? It's just one of those that is out there and it's been out there. But if O'Reilly's was like, hey, I really want to invest in podcast advertising, how would they take that kind of audio signature that they've created through that jingle and translate that into podcasting? Would they have to use announcer red ads?
1: No, so it's interesting. You can do either, and well, I'll give you an example. Um, this was back, goodness. This is going to be like probably four or five years ago. We were working with Intel, and um, you know, Intel has a very distinguished, recognizable Sonic logo. There's the the bang. You can you you can like imagine it without even hearing it. And at that point, podcasting was host read only, not dynamic ad insertion, like pure play host read baked in. And to work with Intel, it was required that we'd use that Sonic logo. And of course, we wanted to work with Intel. Like that was, that's you know, it was a great brand to get in the space. We were trying to break ground there. So like, of course, well, yes. And they wanted that Sonic logo to play at the beginning before the host thread ad would play. But because we weren't doing that dynamic ad insertion, it was tricky. We had to actually like have it play live in the studio. But it actually worked beautifully. It's like it kind of set, it almost like punctuated like a bookend before that ad was about to start. And it was, I think, a great example. It was early on, but a great example of how you can use that Sonic logo, which just kind of like frames you, you know, exactly where, you know, who's about to talk to you. And then you go into the announcer red ad. Um, you can also obviously do it in a produced capacity um, mm-hmm. and you can do it at the end of the ad. You can do both, but having it somewhere within the audio mix of an ad, either the beginning or the end, is just important. There's a subconscious reminder that it resonates that this is who is speaking to you. And it's really important. But so it, it doesn't have to be pre-recorded or, or announcer read only. Yeah. Great.
0: So I know that you mentioned essentially that you're able to score the creative. So as a, an advertiser, you'd be able to say like, okay, I know that this creative is going to work well. It's going to resonate with my target audience because I've run it through essentially the software to say, hey, yes, thumbs up. This is good to go. How do we translate that into host read ads? because there isn't that kind of pre-approval process, or are you finding the hosts are creating ads and then running them through a pre-approval process? How yeah. does that work? So we can score host-read ads in, in the same way that we you know, score a pre-produced
1: ad. And basically it's gonna give you insight. We have a second by second engagement chart that tells you at the entire throughout the entire ad, this is when someone had a response, say that they found it energetic. This was, you know, a a trustworthy component. And so if you start to match that and map that back to what people are saying and how they're talking about it, you start to get insights. And maybe it's something like telling a host of a podcast, you know, when you speak in this style, still your voice, still authentic to you, but if you speak in this style, you know, or when you're speaking um, a little bit more enthusiastically, it resonates like this. And that kind of feedback is really powerful. It's powerful for both the hosts that are speaking in the ads it's also powerful for the copy that gets written for the ads. Usually, you know, the, the talking points, hopefully the ads aren't scripted. Hopefully there's some breathing room in them. But like understanding what good call to action work for a brand, that's the kind of information you get back. Um, so it, it's applicable to
0: the host thread side too so essentially what you can do is obviously you can take that copy you can break that copy down and then you can say hey we know this part really needs to be said verbatim because we know that's going to be really the the piece that's that's going to engaging piece that's right or the piece that's memorable
1: exactly Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that you're trying to get across you know it depends if you're a brand new brand and you're really trying to establish what you do or it's a brand that people know like an o'reilly And, you know, driving people to a store, et cetera. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think about hosts and we work at True Native Media. We work with so many hosts that really are new to advertising. And I wish, and maybe someday we'll create this, but I wish we had like a boot camp we could send them through. And, you know, I think actually back to my early days in radio ad sales, I'll never forget. I'm in my early twenties and I'm like, okay, you know, I sold the ad now who writes it. And they're like, oh, you do. And I'm like, I, yeah. Are you kidding me? I write the ad. I know nothing about writing ads. I'm not a writer. I'm not I'm, a copywriter. Oh, but, I'm yeah. a salesperson. Right. Um, but I feel like it's very similar in podcasting, right? It's like, oh, you're a good podcast host. That must mean you can create a really good ad. Right. You know, here's some random talking reading. points. Like, just go for it. We'll see what happens. And right. You know, so how, like, have you at Veritonic, have, have you, Talked about, or, um, you know, I'm guessing probably thought a lot about how could we better equip hosts to create powerful ads that convert? Completely. And
1: I I would say, in general, in podcasting specifically, no matter what the format of the ad is, I think there's an increased awareness of the importance of the creative, which I know sounds obvious. But for the last couple of years, especially as podcasting was just starting, you know, that, that host read format. Talking about the personal endorsement of a product was kind of enough. It was like so so brand new and it was so performant. It was like it's working. Now we're getting to the point where we're like, okay, we can optimize, we can make things better. And that's where the analytics come in. So when I talk about, you know, Veritonic having been around a long time and I think the market is finally catching up. I think the market's finally understanding, oh, the creative, there's so much opportunity to do better, to express better more effectively in an already performant medium. Mm-hmm. Using analytics, right, mm-hmm. and being mindful of that is is great. It's going to make for better creative. It's going to make for a better listener experience. So you know the advertiser's happy, the listener's happy. But so I think that just in general, like we, we've seen a lot more attention paid on the creative. It's not just well, there's an ad spot. There's so some talking points and read through it. But it being thoughtful, right. And interestingly, it just depends on the format. But you've got some shows that will do like a, a light music bed behind the ad. Mm-hmm which will sometimes identify subconsciously, like, oh, add play. And then you potentially tune out, right? It it depends on how that's executed. And so, you know, it's being thoughtful about all those different components and then the context at which it's in what
0: works for a certain type of show changes case by case. Sure. I find it so fascinating because I think especially for podcasters, because podcasters are content creators, right? Most of the time they're not marketers. They're, you're not ad salespeople. They don't understand, you know, all of these elements. And then we say, create the ad. So I really think what happens is the podcast host thinks back in their catalog of memories and they're like, oh, this is what an ad should be. Like an ad should have a music bed or I should say, here's our sponsor messages or whatever. Like, I think these embedded, you know, ideas with how we should like frame advertising and hosts just go to that. And, Of course, we need to make sure everyone knows that these are sponsored messages. We're not trying to fool anyone or break any laws. But I always do tell people that the minute you say like, oh, we're headed to a sponsor break or, you know, let me tell you about our advertiser of today or do things like the music beds. Those are all cues for people to skip. And either they fast forward or they mentally check out. Right. And neither is good. So we want that engagement. That's right.
1: And I I think that the format itself gives you such great engagement. Just the nature of audio, yes. there's that yes. like uh, underlying. And then with a the host thread ad, there's so much of what's performant about it because of the relationship the listener has with who's speaking, mm-hmm. and that carries so much. Like to your point about keeping it conversational. I mean, that's really what's driving so much of that great resonance. Then once we've got those two great things established, right? Really performant format. And then the trust and relationship that you're kind of engaging on. Then when you start to get smarter about the types of things you're saying and the way you're saying them, you just continue to, you know, to level up. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I, I mean, that part of it is is what I find exciting because we've done so much in the space and there's still so much to optimize for. And huh. that's where the analytics come in, which
0: I'm excited about. Yeah. Oh gosh, just talking to you about it gets me excited because I just think that there are so many opportunities and we have these conversations with advertisers and agencies all day long where it's like, well, it's not converting quite the way we had hoped. And then you go back to the show and you're like, so the ad isn't quite converting the way they had well, hoped. What does that mean? Exactly. Do what I, does that what mean? do I do How with do I that? Right. It? Right. How do I fix right. it? And so right. really being able to give a host very yeah. specific steps where you can say, okay, that part wasn't good. Don't do that again. Or, you know, do these things right. and that's going to change performance. I think That would be terrific. So obviously as an advertiser, advertisers work with Veritonic and you can provide that information to advertisers. I know you also have an audio index report. Yeah. And I guess I'm just curious, how could this information, you know, maybe get out more? Are there learnings and maybe your audio index report provides some of this, but like, is there a way for the industry kind of at large to gain some knowledge from the work you're doing?
1: Yeah. So we've got a couple of reports that are coming out in Q3 and Q4 this year that you know, thought leadership and best practices that we've seen based on all this data we've crunched and, the, you know, working with people on all sides of the equation. And I would say that up until this year, we partnered and we still do. I mean, the, the research predominantly has come out through our partners. And so we're partnered with all the major audio platforms you can think of. For example, Odyssey. Odyssey does some great mm. insight reports um, that we provide the data for and the in the analytics for And, you know, there's interesting learnings there on, you know, what placement's more effective? Is a pre-roll more effective than a mid-roll? Is 15 seconds better than a 30 seconds? And everyone would, you know, I think instantly, immediately, you know, assume, well, the mid-roll's better and longer's better. Depends. It depends on what your goal is. It depends on if it's a new product. Is it a product that you have to sell in a little bit more? Or is it (laughs) something that 15 seconds is enough and actually 15 seconds gets you engagement? Because what we found through this Odyssey report, this Odyssey white paper, is that you know, depending again on the product, it's too long. You'll start to lose people, yeah. and then it's not effective at all. So it's it's interesting. It's it's being you know thoughtful about depending on what you want to do, what brand you're speaking about, who you're talking to, and all of those insights are the things that the platform can give you. You mm-hmm. know, so maybe something's not converting. You know, maybe a brand comes back and says, "I I needed to convert better." If you want insight from an audience, they actually tell you, you know what, this is the reason it's not converting. Maybe it's because there's a gap in the messaging, right? There's a piece of information that's just not connecting. That's the piece that's missing. These are the kind of bits and insights that you get
0: doing that research on our platform. Awesome. Well, I am excited. I'll have to look up that Odyssey report, but I'm excited to see reports that you guys put out because I think that that would just be terrific to have more information. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds great. So let's talk a little bit about conversion, because I do think that brand advertisers, direct response advertisers, ultimately they're looking for conversion of some kind, right? And being able to understand that conversion is so important. So how does Veritonic measure that conversion? And I guess I'm curious if it's similar to like a pod sites or like a pixel tracking. Can you talk to us about that?
1: You bet. Yeah. And I I would say we use, you know, conversion as, as usually the thing that most advertisers want. It defined conversion in different ways. So for some, it's making that sale. For other times, it's driving people to a specific website, a landing page, taking whatever action is significant. So conversion as defined by whatever the brand wants, you know, from an action perspective. And. Yeah, we have a pixel-based attribution solution. And, you know, thankfully, we now have dynamic ad insertion of in podcasting, which allows for that kind of tracking and mm-hmm. giving an advertiser insight into what's ran and how it's performing and being able to break that down on, you know, what source it's coming from and what is actually leading people to take an action. And we actually use the same pixel-based technology on the attribution side for our brand lift which is interesting because then you start to get into a world where you can evaluate the full funnel of a customer's journey. So it's not just only right when they're taking an action, but maybe they're two steps away from taking an action but they've had a really positive engagement with the brand and that's lasting and that's going to help purchase intent. So that's impactful. So making sure that you're thinking about you know, the brand impact, not just at that final stage, But as a brand is kind of building towards whatever action they're trying to get the consumer to take, it's really important. And when you have the same pixel able to track all of that, for brand lift, now you can get people that have organically heard the ad. So you're not, you know, doing a a lookalike audience, you're actually pulling people in for brand lift engagement that are your natural listeners, which is really powerful. It gives you, you know, really interesting insights just throughout that entire funnel.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Because I agree, the end goal is always that, you know, conversion, and whatever that conversion may look like, which is different from advertiser to advertiser. But what are the steps that they're taking up to that conversion? One of the things that frustrates me sometimes is when advertisers are like, the ad's been running for a week, we're just not seeing what we need. And I think, (laughs) yeah, They've never this is the person who has never heard of your product before and you that's think it. that they're gonna run out tomorrow and buy right. it like or tonight or right this second because i just heard right. this one ad or even if it's a couple ads like it takes steps for people to purchase products and also it depends a lot on the type of product that people are selling or the price of the product that someone is selling that's right so all of those pieces play into the whole conversion of a customer and that customer journey it it doesn't go from zero you know to the finish line you there's so many steps in between so it sounds like you really are able to track those steps and that's right would you say that it's mostly just through watching someone's behavior on a website or how like how are you able to monitor that or how are you able to see it so the pixel-based track will know if obviously someone's come from an audio ad that we're
1: tracking to a site that we're also tracking. Mm-hmm. And you know, on the brand side, if we're doing a brand lift study, it's understanding in greater context what that impact is. Cause that, however, that resonated, even if the person didn't take the action to your point right there in that seven day window, you know, are they likelier to take that activity, take that action, whatever that conversion metric is? two weeks from now, three weeks from now, four weeks from now, mm-hmm. and understanding that so you can have some bit of quote-unquote attribution that's not just within that very fixed timeframe. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's important to think about things as cumulative, right? Mm. And it's also not always one-to-one. So what might convert really well for one audience for that particular product you know, might have to be a slightly different conversation, opportunity, and offer for mm-hmm. it to convert with another audience. So being mindful of that, getting data on that so you can start to get smarter about how that creative comes together is Mm -hmm. really important too because not all audiences are created equal. They're not all going to perform the same. And so that is, I think, important. It's not just I put an ad up, and everyone's going to convert and they're going to convert in a week,
0: which you know all so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If you have, let's take a product. So let's just say it's a software product and yeah. that software product advertises on, let's say, streaming audio and podcasts and terrestrial radio. So let's say those are the three places they've yep. decided. Yeah. Obviously, their target audience is going to be the same from, you know, from platform to platform. One of the questions that I have always had is, How many podcast listeners can only be reached in podcasts? So do you find, and maybe this isn't something, you know, off the top of your head, but do you find that the audiences are totally different or do you find that there is some crossover that if somebody listened to your podcast, they also maybe heard you on streaming, or maybe they listened to you on terrestrial. And then they also heard you on streaming. Have you guys been able to manage that and, or measure that and just see like those distinctive groups at all? Yeah. So I can't say that at Veritonic, we've measured
1: those distinct types of audiences and overlap. What I will say is it's from my own, you know, knowledge of the industry and things I have kind of consumed over the years. You do find crossover in, you know, streaming and podcasting, which is unsurprising. It's their digital formats, the digital mm-hmm. first, you know, on demand. But that said, as podcasting becomes more prolific, and it just seems like it continues to, then you're going to have more and more overlap in the audiences, which is a good thing. The, more people listen to podcasts, the more likely they are going to be able to reach them
0: in all of those formats. That's a really good point. I just, I think it's so interesting to look at how the uh, the audiences can be segmented and can be different. But I think you're right. Obviously, the higher adoption rate to podcasting, the more you're yeah. going to be able to reach that same person across platforms. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, for, that's really. For a long time, I mean, and I don't know if it still holds. I, I
1: assume that it would, but podcast listeners were considered, we called them the unreachables, but a, a consumer group that, Knows how to tune out ads in other formats, consuming content in formats that you can have ad-free experiences. And so, you know, the fact that podcasting ads are really organic and kind of threaded throughout content was a way that the brands could get in front of, you know, an audience they couldn't necessarily reach otherwise. You know, again, as podcasting grows and you get, you know, more people listening, I think it becomes less about the unreachables. So great format, but I know that that, that was definitely, I think a, a really, you know, interesting selling point for brands because it was a way that they could get
0: to folks they couldn't get to otherwise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Um, well, I know we need to start wrapping it up. So I'm really curious because you have been in the industry for quite some time, if you could kind of just let us know, what do you think is on the horizon for podcast and, and podcast advertising in particular and the industry in general?
1: Yeah. So I, I, podcasting, I, as we talked about before, continuing to grow. I'd love to see what big audio players are doing for the space, supporting content creators. And when I say supporting, it's driven by economics. The financial support of content creators is great for the space. The better the content, the more listeners we're going to pull in, the better content that we can create for different audience segments. So that's you know what started out in a couple talk show format shows, right? And then, you know, sports networks became a thing. And then true crime was a thing. Now you're starting to see, you know, the content types really round out. And that's done because, you know, there's money in the space that helps support that continued expansion. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see the content continue to expand, supporting different listener groups. And then on the, you know, the advertising side, I think it's interesting to think about audio almost in a way converging. So instead of thinking about things in such distinct silos, It's interesting the way that, you know, SXM is kind of approaching it. They've got their satellite. They've got Pandora from a streaming perspective. They've got podcasting with their Stitcher component, right? Thinking about audio full 360 and and not necessarily having to think about it in these, you know, very limited views. I think that's going to be really powerful, both from a listener perspective and also from brands. Brands just thinking about audio much bigger. And solely focus on
0: one particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that technology like smart speakers are going to have a big impact on audio or do you have any other kind of distinctive predictions for audio?
1: I would say, I mean, I think the smart speaker phenomenon is interesting. I think that, you know, it's another expression of how you engage with the audio, we get most of the benefit from it being audio in and of itself. And then, you know, you can nuance it depending on how it's delivered, if it's here through a speaker and, and how you engage with it. Anytime there's like there's more consumption of audio, the better. I think that's how we attune our habits as, you know, listeners to enjoy audio, more options, I think, is better. You know, from a predictions perspective on the audio side, I just think that The more brands that are in the space and understanding how well it performs, you're going to start to see more emphasis put on the quality of the audio itself. And that can be, obviously, we're talking about advertising, but on the content too. Mm -hmm. And being thoughtful about what is my creative strategy as it relates to audio. I think that's kind of been, I think, for a long time, second to, Mm -hmm. I'm participating in audio. At least I'm there. Okay, okay. now we're going to optimize. Now we're going to get better and smarter on the creative side in terms of like the, what we're delivering. So that part of it, I'm really excited about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That is, That's terrific. I really appreciate you sharing that. So Corey, if people want to connect with you, where is a good place for them to connect with you?
1: Yep. So I'm, I'll give you my email address if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. It's K-K-O-L-E-N-S-A at Veritonic.com.
0: You can also find me on LinkedIn, come to our website, check us out happy to chat. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I am, I'm so excited. We had this conversation today because I definitely have learned a lot about Veritonic and the technology you guys are creating. So yeah. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Yeah, and, and thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that it has been as interesting to you as it has been for me today. And if you're interested in learning more about podcast advertising, you can head on over to truenativemedia.com and download our guide to podcast advertising. Thanks so much for listening and we will catch you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Podcast to Advertising Playbook, your source to a better understanding of the podcast to advertising industry.